Thank you for downloading this podcast from Five Stones Church. We believe this message will uplift you today. We're going to read John 3.16. We just came out of the month of February. And our kids' class on Wednesday night took the whole month to talk about love. And a lot of times we'll read verse 16 and we leave out verse 17. But this morning we're going to, we're going to read both of them together. Reading in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, we know as Christians that our whole faith walk as a Christian is based on our salvation. And this morning, I really feel strongly that the Lord has taken me through a test. And I may share a little bit of it with you in a little while. I may not. But I really believe he took me through it so that I could share with you all so that you could be free like I'm free. We're going to talk about this morning the difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation and conviction. I want to tell you that if you live a life where you allow condemnation to come at you continually, you will be a weak Christian. And this morning, I believe the Spirit of God is going to speak to us how we can break free from it. And we won't have to walk that way. But first of all, we want to talk about conviction. And that's why we read John 3, 16 and 17. That's where the Holy Spirit, and I think sometimes we get confused. We don't really understand. And so this morning, we're going to break it down so that you can understand the difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction is where the Holy Spirit shows you in your life that there is something, like He shines His light on your life and He shows you that there's something that you need to take care of in your life. He comes to you and He doesn't make you afraid. He just comes to you and lets you know that there's something that you need to let Him take care of in your life. He comes to give us the answer to our problem. And our answer, we know, is that Jesus' blood washes all our sins away. Once we repent of our sin, the guilt is taken away. We are relieved and joyful that our sins have been forgiven. And we begin to listen to the shepherd's voice because the Word of God says that the sheep knows his voice and they follow their shepherd, but a stranger's voice they will not follow, they will flee. And that's where I'm going to, I'm going to start this morning is explaining to you that the devil likes to get you confused. He likes to use the tool of confusion to bring chaos in your life. And I was walking through a t- the test that I was, I was talking to you earlier about. I was walking through, through this journey, and I didn't even really realize that the devil had, had me in bondage of condemnation. And when I realized it, I started researching it, and it made so much more sense to me what I was walking through because he was coming to me to bring things back up in my face that I knew that I had left under the blood of Jesus. And that's what we're going to talk about. Condemnation is accusations from the devil. He keeps coming back to us over and over again to show us where we've messed up, what we've done wrong. And as long as he can keep us in that wadded up state of mind, he has victory over us. We are bound to him. 
Now, I'm not here to tell you you're not still saved. We just talked about all of that, and I had to lay that foundation. But where we really want to go to this morning is the condemnation that the enemy uses to destroy us. And like I said, it's not that you're not still a Christian. It's not that you still don't have faith that Jesus has saved you. It's not that you're not still walking your Christian walk. I was doing all that, but I was weak. I was weak. The devil had worn me down. He had beat me up. And I had not even realized that that was what had happened. He had come to me and he had reminded me of things that that I had done. And I'd say, oh yeah, but you know what? I'm not qualified. I'm not valuable. I'm not worthy. I can't do this because I did that. You know, and I think the thing that wadded my mind up more than anything is, how can I be a Christian and still fail? The devil will torment you. I am here to tell you he will literally torment you until you feel like you're about that high. And that's his desire. He wants to do that. Go with me to John 10 and 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. We're going to shed the light this morning through the Holy Spirit so that we can live a victorious Christian life. We're not going to be weak. We're not going to be anemic. We're going to be strong. And when the enemy starts to come to us, we're going to know what his tactic is. It's not that I hadn't learned these scriptures. It's not that I didn't know it. But it was I was allowing, I was allowing the devil to take these things and magnify them in my life above God. And we need to realize that God is so much bigger and we have victory over the enemy. John 10 and 10. The thief cometh not for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That is our goal is to have the eternal abundant life. I was reminded this morning when I was listening to a, a radio preacher preaching this morning as I was preparing for church and he was talking about we look so forward to going to glory to going to heaven but there's so many rewards we have on earth as a child of God that we wouldn't have he said he he experienced a funeral uh, service just just recently and said that that one of the family members came to him and said and I don't know how people make it without God and he said they don't they go to the to the liquor bottle They go pop a pill. They do whatever they can to get through it. They're just surviving. They're just maintaining life. But see, that's what God said in His Word in John 10.10. He said that He came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. If we're not having an abundant life, then who does it come back to? It comes back to us. We have to wage warfare every day of our life. We have to get up in the morning and choose who we will serve. Every day is a choice as a Christian, whether or not we'll walk it out. And, you know, I came to the point where the Lord was just like, He was just saying to me, either you believe it or either you don't. There's no in-between. We have to declare what we believe. And we have to walk it out. We have to every day wage war so that we can keep what God has given to us. You don't lose your salvation. Jesus gave you His salvation. God had the plan, and I thank Him for the plan of salvation, and that it included us. Over 2,000 years later, He still included us in His plan. 
And when you start, stop and think about that, that is, that is an awesome thought. Did he have to? No, he chose to. Do we have to live for him? No, he gives us a will, he gives us a choice. We should want to live for him. We should want, even if we didn't. He said, the, the preacher I listened to this morning said, somebody says, well, what if all of this is really not even, what if all this Christian and all this heaven stuff, what if it's all a myth? He said, I wouldn't trade the comfort that I feel in my Christian walk for anything. And you know, when the devil comes at me and, and he sometimes taunts me and says, you know, you got saved, and I did, I got saved, and it was a genuine salvation at six years old, so we will not belittle the children. We, we taught, suffer the little children to come into me Wednesday night in our class. Children can make a decision for life at a very young age, but it doesn't mean that the devil won't come back to taunt us and to try us and try to take that, you know, and, and try to confuse us. We have to guard it. It's up to us. I can't guard it for you. Pastor Ryan can't guard it for you. You have to hold your faith so close to you that you guard it for yourself. So we know in John 10 and 10, it's the devil's idea to steal, kill, and destroy, but it's God's plan that we have life and life more abundantly. Let's talk about two more of the tactics. We already talked about confusion on a, on a small scale, but there's two tools that the devil uses when you are faced with condemnation. One is guilt and one is torment. We're going to break it down this morning. I know everybody knows what those words mean, but as I was studying, the Lord really gave me some good stuff about it, and I want to share it with you. Satan uses guilt and torment to remind us of our past. This is why he does it. He wants to continue to hold our sins before us even after we're forgiven. Because as long as he can keep us thinking about our past failures, we cannot be free to be used like God wants us to be used for the kingdom of God. Now does that not make sense this morning? When you really understand and you really begin to see how the enemy works and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will reveal to us what the devil's trying to do in our lives so that we can combat it, so we can come against it, so we can wage war, so we can have victory over it. Okay, guilt. This is what guilt does to us. It tears us down, makes us feel dirty, unworthy, robs us of our faith in Jesus. But let me tell you, guilt begins to grow when we allow ourselves to dwell on or think about how bad we have messed up, our past failures and the sins we have committed. And I want to put that up here on the board this morning so that you can let that sink in. This is a representation of your mind this morning. These are the, these are the things that the devil would try to bring into your mind. He wants to bring your past sins... He wants to bring your failures. And he wants to bring your mistakes. As long as he can keep you dwelling on these things, he's got you in a mind warp. Then he starts to take over in your mind. And this is what happens. The second thing, guilt, guilt was the first one that we just talked about. The second thing is torment. Okay, I got to thinking about torment. I started doing some research on torment. 
Then I began to understand some of the tactics that the devil had used to keep me in condemnation. I'm talking about this has probably been going on for years in my life. But I know that God set me free the weekend we went to ramp. God renewed my mind and he set things straight. And what I'm here to tell you this morning is, he said in his word, I didn't say it, God did, that he is no respecter of persons. What he will do for me, he will do for every one of you. And I am thankful this morning that he is a God that is on his throne. The second thing we're going to talk about is torment. They said at RAMP, one of the, one of the speakers at RAMP mentioned that the year 2011 was a year that the church was harassed. Do you all remember the ones that went with us? Well, I had not forgotten about that, but when I started doing our study for the message this morning, would you believe torment and harassment go hand in hand? Torment, listen at this, torment is to afflict with great bodily or mental suffering to the point where you can have violent headaches. And some of you in, in this building this morning, I have shared with you that I had been going through about three months of headaches that were just horrendous. I would have pain behind my left eye that felt like somebody was stretching my eye muscle. It was terrible. And the weekend we went to ramp, God delivered me from that. And see, I had not even made this association at that time. But that's what the pressure, the stress of what the devil, when he plays this over and over and over and over and over in our minds, we are tormented to the point that our minds cannot even be at peace. Also, torment means to worry and annoy excessively. To torment one with questions. Isn't the devil the one that comes to us and asks, Did you really get saved? Do you really believe that Jesus is, is the Lord? Do you really believe, you know, he'll come to us and, and just do all these crazy questions? And as long as he can keep us in that thought loop, we're not free. We're still bound. And also torment means to throw into commotion, to stir up and to disturb. Now, when we stop and think about that, then we can realize that the devil is doing his job. And we need to make sure that we're standing on guard and we're doing everything we need to do. And I'm going to give you some, some steps in just a few minutes. But we've got to lay this out so that we understand where we're going. Then also, I said the sister word to torment is harass. Listen what harass means. See, if it doesn't sound very near the same, to disturb persistently, to torment as with troubles or cares, to bother continually, to pester, to persecute us, to trouble by repeated attacks, as in war or hostilities. Now we find out here through through actually going through these definitions of these words, condemnation is a bondage. And it causes us to become at war in our minds with all of the things that the devil, after a while, he just throws so much at you, you just don't feel like that you can, you're just weighing heavy under the load. But God's Word says that His yoke is easy and His burden is light. And we know that He is a God that cares about us. Now, I'm not bringing glory to Satan. I'm bringing a light on his tactics this morning. So when the, the devil comes to you because he will, 
if He's not already coming to you and you're not already in a condemnation state of mind, there will be a time in your life that you will experience it. And I pray that this Word will go back and you'll remember. But Satan wants to keep reminding us of our mistakes as if Jesus' blood is not enough to take all our sins away. He comes to accuse us so that we will live a life of works instead of accepting God's grace. Now how about that lie? Is that not a lie he uses against us? Listen to this one. He wants us to, t- to stop trusting God's mercy and grace for our salvation. He wants us to stop. Eventually tears apart our faith, wears us down spiritually, and causes us to be weak children of God. These are the fruit that condemnation produces. If you've got any of these in your life this morning, there's a good possibility that you are being tainted with this and this morning is a morning of freedom fruit it produces is self-hate shame guilt and these two here hit me slap in the face judging others and a critical spirit we don't even realize sometimes that we allow the enemy to come in and gain a foot in our lives But we need to realize this morning we're going to shut him out. Today's the day we're going to give the devil a black eye. And we're going to tell him that we know now what it is that he's bringing against us and we're not going to tolerate it anymore in our lives. Because we don't want to be weak children of God. We want to be strong warriors for the kingdom of God. Okay, we're going to talk about one more thing here and then I'm going to give you some keys to breaking free from this condemnation spirit strongholds we've all heard the word we've all heard it preached but do we really know what a true stronghold is a stronghold is a faulty thinking pattern based on lies and deception it causes us to think contrary to the word of God which blocks us from God's best for our lives we are unable to see God correctly That's a stronghold. I had a stronghold that was developing in my mind. And it was causing me to have distorted thinking. I was confused. I was not at peace. I had the headaches. And God came to me. And I didn't even realize. I was having tormenting dreams even. And I did not realize that it was a condemning spirit. And I was, I think I was driving one day in the car and there was a song on the radio and it was talking about condemnation. And I started thinking, this is not of God. This is from the devil. This is an attack that he has sent against me. That I will be a weak Christian. I will not be strong. I will not be fervent in prayer. I will not be able to stand like I need to stand with all the things that the devil comes against me with. And it was like a light went off in my head. And it was like I realized, this is not how God wants me to live. He promised me an abundant life. And I am the one that has to make the choice. And I thank God this morning that he has given us keys to break free. If you want to take notes, this might be a good place to do so. I'm going to give you several points here. And I've entitled this portion, Breaking Free. 
The first scripture we're going to go to, and I won't give you a scripture for all of them for sake of time, but 1 John 1 and 9. First John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. These things that the devil keeps bringing to our mind, the Lord wants to do this for us. I was, it was about, probably about three and a half years ago. That's how, I mean, it's been, it's, the condemnation spirit has, has tormented me for years. I can go all the way back to three and a half years ago when God showed me this illustration I'm fixing to show you, and this is the only way I know how to show you so you'll understand. We had found ourselves in a place of ministry where we didn't know what God's direction was. We knew that God had called us as a, as a family to minister His Word, but there was no doors that would open up where we were. And we didn't understand. I mean, we were happy as a family, but we knew we needed to be doing what God had called us to do. And so Ryan began to send out feelers even out of state. And there was an Assembly of God church in Kentucky that had lost their pastor. And um, because we wanted to be obedient and to serve God, we went up to the church one weekend and tried out for it. And it seemed like it would be a good fit. The only thing was we were going to have to leave our lives as we knew it behind. This is painful for me to talk about this morning because... I don't want to be like Lot's wife and look back. I don't want to be turned into a pillar of salt. So I'm not doing this to glorify the enemy. But I'm going to say it because I feel like it needs to be said. It was one of the hardest things to do that we've ever done. We didn't want to go. We wanted to serve God. We wanted to minister. We wanted to do that that part. But we wanted to be comfortable. We wanted to stay where we were. We had bought our first home, and the boys were fairly young when we had moved there. We'd been there about five years at this time. And we went up and we commuted three hours, was it three hours one way, six hours? Six hours up and six hours back and and lived in a motel every weekend for like three months because we didn't really want to leave where we were. But we got to mid-year in the school year, and we decided that we would go ahead and make the move. And we tried to find a place to live. There was hardly anything available. And we moved, the four of us moved into an about 1,100-square-foot duplex. Two bedrooms and two baths. And... um, I still don't understand why we did all we did, except for I know we tried to be obedient and do what God wanted us to do. But needless to say, we didn't settle well there. And we know that it's not about being comfortable. But our heart was to come back home. And if you've never been homesick before, it's miserable. And we began to want to come back home to Georgia. We didn't necessarily even have to go back to our home in Warner Robins. We just wanted to come home. God worked it all out. He got us back home. One thing led to another, and that's why we're here with you. And I'm so thankful for that. 
But the devil brought lots of things to to my mind while I was in Kentucky. I couldn't find a job. I maxed out my teacher's funds here in Georgia. I I had to cash those out just for us to make it. It went about three months, and I finally landed a job there. But while I was searching, I was riding one day, and I went over an overpass. And I was dealing with all these thoughts in my mind, turning them over. Where did I go wrong? What should I have done that I didn't do? Where am I guilty? And God showed me this illustration. And I know it's going to be as powerful to you as it was to me. He showed me a blank slate. If we'll keep our slates clean before him, he can use us. And this is what washes our slates clean. It's Jesus' blood. We can't do it on our own. All the good things we try to do, all the works we try to do, it's all in it's all in vain because we don't have the power. He already went to the cross. He shed his precious blood for us. And if we can keep that in mind and realize that he's the one that takes care of it all, he cleanses all our sins. You know, we didn't leave a word up there. We erase them all, and that's the way it is with, with God. If you confess your sin, then he's faithful and just to cleanse us. Then the second thing we need to do, the first thing breaking free is confess your sins before God. The second thing is forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. I had to come to grips. I might have not made the right decisions. I might have not made the right choices, but I put it under the blood. There was nothing I could do about it then. There's nothing we can do about it now, brothers and sisters. But if we'll put it under the blood, we'll break free this morning. The third, the third step is to accept God's payment. His payment to us was His Son dying on the cross for our sins as all of the repayment that we will ever need in the past, the present, and in the future. He paid it all. And I'm reminded, you know, if, if we were in a literal prison and serving a sentence for something that we had done, and our parole officer came to us, say we had ten more years to serve, and the parole officer, the parole board, you went before the parole board and they said, you've been pardoned. Would you refuse the pardon and continue to serve out your term? Or would you accept the freedom? That's the way it is with God's payment. He has already paid the price for us. So don't resist it. When we keep all these things going over in our mind, it's as if we haven't accepted God's atonement for our sin. And then the fourth step is do not allow the devil to bring up your past mistakes and failures. Guard your mind and ignore his lies. That Second Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. We're going to read that just a moment because that's a key to us guarding our minds is 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, 
Now that we know what strongholds are, that word can become more real to us. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So that's a good scripture to keep with you at all times. And then the fifth step is to let it go. Don't carry it anymore. Lay your burden down. Lay it down at the feet of Jesus. Lay it down and don't pick it back up. The next step is to surrender your life completely to God. Surrender it completely. Give it to Him to use in however way He wants to, to bring glory to His kingdom. And then the next step is determined to never give up. When you make a decision to walk out your Christian life, don't ever give it up. Don't give it up for the enemy and don't give it up for a person. Never give up. And then the last step we have here, there's many others, but this is the last one we have here, is to read the Word. The more truth you bring into a dark situation, the darkness has to leave. It's not that it might have to leave, it might leave a little bit. The more, it's like a flashlight in a dark room. The more light that you shine, the darkness has to go away. And then the last scripture I want to share with you is over in John 8, 31 and 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So the truth of God's word destroys the darkness, it destroys the strongholds, and it will make us free from free, just free indeed. Jesus came not only to cleanse us from our sins, but to give us, give us freedom from the guilt of our sins. The Holy Spirit, this is what I felt like last night in final preparation for this morning. I feel like that the Spirit of the Lord wants to give us not only freedom, but He wants to revive our spirits. For further information on Five Stones Church, please visit us online at www.fivestoneschurch.info or plan to visit us at 224 Brown Industrial Boulevard in the city of Canton, Georgia. Thank you for downloading this podcast from Five Stones Church. 